When I first started to speak publicly, I was so scared that I determined I would answer every question before someone could ask it. I went on a public lecturing tour for three years and had no one approach me with a question. I thought I was winning. Then one day I forgot my notes and everything changed. Today on our Bold Leading Podcast, we'll talk about eight struggles of storytelling. I'm Dave Center from Bold Leading. This is your Bold Leading Podcast. We know life for nonprofits can sometimes get complicated and confusing. When you need a trusted friend to help you fundraise and grow your nonprofit without fear or panic, Bold Leading is here for you. Visit us at boldleading.com today or sign up for our No Shame Strategy Call, where we help you connect with donors and grow your nonprofit. When I talk to nonprofit leaders about their direct mail or public presentations, they often will tell me they're having trouble telling people about their organization. New nonprofits or nonprofits who are rebooting their messages can have trouble finding a balance between passion and precision. They struggle to tell their complex story in a simple way. They don't understand the different choices they are making during their storytelling. Today in our podcast, we'll uncover the eight struggles of storytelling that everybody faces. When you start to write or share your story, you will suffer with these eight struggles. Don't lose hope. There is a way to share your bold story and overcome the struggle of storytelling. When I lost my notes after doing my lecture tour, I found out my storytelling was safe and boring. No one cared that I knew all the answers to all their questions about our nonprofit. I thought I was winning, but I was actually losing. Today, I want to share with you eight struggles every storyteller faces and ways to overcome them. The first struggle that you will face is how much passion versus precision you have in your storytelling. This is one of the biggest struggles that nonprofits have, mostly because they are used to sharing data and sharing very precise information to grantors, uh, foundations, doing grant reports about the effectiveness, effectiveness of their programs. And so what I see is a lot of nonprofits that struggle to shift their the way they talk about their organization from telling a story through data versus telling a story through uh, what I would call a crash or a personal story. And so what we want to try and do when we talk about passion over precision is to talk about the reason we got involved with the nonprofit. What was the thing that this particular nonprofit was founded for or is known for the core issue that we're trying to solve. So if you're a homeless shelter that you believe that no person deserves to be without a home, if you're somebody that is helping fight uh, domestic violence that no marriage should have violence in it, no home should have violence in it, no child should worry about violence. But there's some sort of passion, some pain there that you want to alleviate, to eradicate, to fight against, to help people overcome. And so that passion is what you want to get through to people. And often when you're talking passionate words, they're not precise words. They're very emotional in nature. And so we want to do that is we want to share with people the reason we get up in the morning, the reason that we cry, the reason that we're willing to pound on the table to make sure that XYZ does not happen, that there's no human trafficking in the world, that no person is homeless, no, that people don't have to face life without health insurance, or kids don't have to face a weekend without food, or kids don't have to go to school in the same clothes, that they don't have any kind of extra clothes that they're feeling that sort of poverty, that a parent is facing 
no work or, or, or uh, very bad work because they don't have the educational choices they need. There's lots of things that you might be passionate about because you see the pain in somebody and you want to eradicate that. You want to tell people about that. That's what I say when I talk to people about storytelling. You want to start with a crash. Tell the story of that pain and that person and why you're trying to help them through the pain and to overcome it or to prevent the pain. So start with a crash and tell people this is the mountain that these people are trying to overcome that they face. But there is hope. There's a way to get to the top of that mountain and to see uh, a new destiny, a new way of living, a new way to experience the world by getting to the top of the mountain and overcoming it. And when you can tell people about that passion and why you do what you do, that will be much more intriguing to people than being very precise that we helped 500 people get so much food, ton of food, uh, when they went home from school for the weekend. That has less, uh, even though it's accurate, more information, it's less impactful. It must be much better to tell the crash story and then as they ask how many other people are being affected by these similar crashes, how big is the problem, then you can tell the data. So if you were public speaking or sharing a letter, you'd want to talk about the crash first and then allow people to either ask questions or fill in the blanks. And so we want to make sure that we balance this a little bit. You do want to have enough information so they understand what you do, but they also want you want to have enough emotion so they understand why you do it. And so that's the first struggle, passion versus precision. And this is probably one of the hardest ones that people deal with. And I really encourage you to err on passion and motion on the why of what you do versus how or what. And unless you're doing like a thank you or something like that and you want to share the impact, that's a little bit different. But on those first conversations, whether it's in a letter or public speaking, start with a crash. The second struggle that people have is my convenience versus a donor's convenience. And so the idea here is that we want to make sure we do the hard work so the donor doesn't have to. And so we try to simplify things. We try to make sure that if we're sending them a letter that it's very concise. So we do the hard work of making the messaging really well, making it easy for them to understand what we're asking them to do, having a clear call to action, having it very easy for them to, to do this. So we might do mail merges. So we make sure that we mail merge the all the different letters, the response devices to make sure that the choices are simple. So we do all the heavy thinking and hard work to understand what the donor, how the donor is going to feel when we tell our story and that we make uh, an option for them to actually then give or have a call to action that's very clear. So we want to do more of the work to make it more convenient for them than it is for us because the more times that it's convenient for them the more often they will give or the higher amount they will give and we want to make sure that we do that if we don't do that we run the risk of uh, getting stuck in the friend zone where people hear the story or compel the story but then they get confused about what we're asking them to do or it's too difficult so they think good thoughts about us but they never take action and action has to be very clear and simple for them to take otherwise they will not take it the third struggle is being clear versus being clever. And clarity will be clever all day long. So we don't want to be clever with the way we use words or different acronyms we use. We want to be as clear as possible what the problem is, what's the plan of action to change the problem, and how people can respond and join you. So you want to make sure that you're very clear about you're asking them for money versus asking 
possibly for prayer or to volunteer or to advocate whatever the call to action is you wanted to make it very clear in the storytelling you want to you know make sure that it's about one family or one person that again you're telling the story that's very singular that's very clear and that you don't try to get clever with word choices and and everything else that you're doing you want to make sure that you're in that sixth seventh or eighth grade uh, reading level so a broad range of people can understand it's a lot easier so the simpler that you're able to make the word choices to make it clear and easy for people to get it so when you think about this you want to think about when you go into Walmart they have very easy signage for you to get where you need to go if you're going in there and people are trying to be clever about things and you had to kind of interpret what they were saying you get frustrated and you would just leave you would go to a store that's much more clear in their messaging so you want to make sure that clarity will be clever all day long and the best services will aren't going to win so you may have the best program and the best service but if you're clever and not clear about what you do and how people can be involved with you you could have another organization that maybe not have maybe doesn't have a as good a program as you do but they have a really clear message more people will get involved with that organization because people understand what they do, how they can get involved, the impact of what they're doing. So you want to make sure that how you use your language, the choices you make are very clear and don't try to be too clever. And we do want to make sure that we use fun words, that we're very creative. Um, and I would say creative is more clear versus clever. It's just you or the organization just trying to show off. And so make sure that you're trying to be creative and clear and not just clever because clever is going to make you lose. The fourth struggle is all about options or one option. It's very similar is that when we ask people to do something, and I see this a lot, especially on response devices or reply devices where we send a letter or we have an event and we ask them to respond and then we say, okay, will you give $5, $50, $500 and, or will you give a legacy gift or a planned gift? Are you willing to volunteer? Do you have any comments for us? Would you like to go to our email list? And so you have 10, you know, five or 10 different options for that donor to respond. And we don't want to do that because we want them to know that we are confident about our option choice and that it's the most urgent option choice. And there's other opportunities after they make the first one to do a follow-up uh, request. So if somebody gives, you send a thank you letter and then you might put in that thank you letter PS. If you ever would like to volunteer, you can visit our volunteer page. Or you might say on their um, PS, we'd love to know how you enjoyed our event that you just gave to and uh, just send us a short note. So you can layer these in, but not all at once. And I see this people doing this because it's a lot easier to put all on one reply device and say, say that you did your due diligence by offering all these choices to people. But often what it tells people is that you can that you're desperate for them to do something as opposed to asking them to do that one thing that's most urgent and people will respond better to that one thing than they will to a whole host of choices because if you get a lot of choices people are going to be worried that they're going to choose the wrong one or they're going to be so overwhelmed by the choices that they're going to just be thinking about it thinking about it and you're going to lose them in the few seconds that you have 
for them to be able to make a decision. So you want people to make an informed decision, but one decision, you don't want them to have to decide between five things. It's too confusing, it's not clear, and it'll overwhelm them, and it tells people that you're either unorganized or desperate. And so you wanna make sure that you allow them to make a choice. And so you do have to do the hard work and make sure that choice is the most urgent one. But especially at events, I see this in direct mail pieces where that reply device gets just so many options that people are just overwhelmed. I also see this when people go out and talk with donors face to face that they have like two or three or four different things that they want to talk to them about and they'll say, would you like to come to this event or give to this project or do this or do that? Again, the donor gets confused. My mentor who had been, has been doing, um, he recently passed away, but he had been doing nonprofit fundraising for over 30 years. He just really beat it into my head that we want to make sure that we have one clear ask or one clear choice that we're asking a donor to make. If they say no to that, then you might be able to do a second one uh, or a third one if you have to get to the third one. But usually that choice making, you can only do it in person. And so if you're doing letters or events or something, you have to do the hard work to make sure you have that one ask. And that will tell you where your donor is. And there's some subtleties there that if you ever want to talk through that, we'd love to be able to do that. You can always contact us at boldleading.com and we love to talk you through all that. But so make sure that you don't ask for every option, but you ask for the one most important option in your in your story to allow people to respond to it. And so look for that one option. The fifth struggle that I see people making is how do I tell a personal story when I have uh, clients or people that we serve that have to remain confidential? And what I tell people is try to build a profile. So you may have a story uh, of a person that uh, maybe you change uh, their age a little bit or the number of kids they have, but to make sure that you remove all identifying information about the person that you could build and a profile of them that's based on a true story, so to speak, but you've changed key details so people can't identify them. So that's one way to do it. We've also had situations where people are not uh, comfortable maybe sharing their name or a picture of those who are sort of, from a marketing standpoint, you want to have a a picture of the person their name and all the all the information so you can actually get people to kind of connect with this sort of real person but you still can do that by offering to change somebody's name or using a, a stock image of, of some sort and um, you might have to spend a little bit extra to find stock image that looks uh, more natural than stock but there are ways for you to still make your story feel personal even though it's a profile story where it's a story based in truth and based on some of your the people that you serve but there's not a specific person that you're trying to aim at so there's still a way for you to tell a very compelling and passionate story without having to worry about identifying information about a particular person or situation that might betray confidentiality or may be illegal or may be immoral or unethical uh, given your circumstances or the type of organization you have and uh, even if you don't have those restrictions you want to kind of be careful in how you share client stories and uh, what kind of um, response that that will get for them uh, at the place of work they may be at or uh, where they live or, or situation like that so you do want to think about that as well so remember it is possible 
to make a profile feel personal that you don't have to worry about having to pick one over the other. So make sure that you keep your uh, clients in mind, but also make it as passionate and personal as possible. The sixth struggle that you might run into is consistency versus variety. And a lot of times we work like our organization um, might have you know three key components. Like if you're a homeless shelter, you rescue people from the streets, you help them rebuild their lives, and you restore them to the community. So rescue, rebuild, and restore. And so if you have those three main elements of your story that you're always consistently telling, it gives people an understanding of what you're about and what you're doing. And But you might get bored of that because you're just like, oh, we're saying the same thing over and over. But you have to remember you're saying that and hearing that day in, day out, multiple times a days uh, on specific days. But your donors aren't, number one. They're not hearing it multiple times. Even though you might send them six or seven different letters or they might get a Facebook, they may only open one or two of those letters or mobile catch one or two of your Facebook. So they're not getting the amount of those words that you're using on a regular basis that you think you are, they are. So you want to be consistent, but you do also want to have a little bit of variety in how you tell the story within that framework. So in the case of this homeless shelter, rescue, rebuild, restore, we rescue people from the streets, we rebuild their, help rebuild their lives or help them rebuild their lives, and we help them uh, be restored to the community. And so that's one of those things where you can tell stories, variety of stories in each one of those categories, but you want to share the categories so people understand the framework or the plan. So they understand how the mountain that people are trying to get across, get over, but they also want to understand the plan that you have to help them get to the mountain to overcome that mountain. So when you we talk about making sure that you have consistencies, we want you to share your framework of service over and over again but then show the flavor of your organization with variety, telling different stories, different ways people are join you on the through volunteerism or giving. So you want to have the framework, make that consistent, but then also have flavor so that people don't get bored either. So you wanna make sure you have a consistent framework, a consistent message, but then you also wanna have some flavor. And as a public speaker, I learned that I didn't have, didn't have to explain everything and so I had the more I could deal with the framework versus, and also add in flavor, I wouldn't have to tell everything all at once. And so one of the things that you wanna make sure is as a public speaker or telling your story through, uh, telling your story about your organization, is you wanna make sure it's simple, that you have some sort of framework, that you do add flavor to it, and then you allow people to have questions and curiosity about what you're doing. If you don't have some of those elements, you could think, people are not having any questions you would think that they understand everything about your organization but if you don't give them just a little bit of information a lot of flavor give them that crash and have them to respond emotionally back to you then you won't know if they're interested or not and if you give one clear call to action and then they respond then again you know that they're interested and this questioning that they have is something that you need to you need to get them to because that tells them tells them and you that they want to have a dialogue and that's where trust is built is when people have dialogue where there's questioning and answering and sharing of story is through a dialogue and that's what we want our storytelling to do and as a young uh, nonprofit leader I missed the boat on that one so the seventh struggle is that you'll have as you're again trying to have a framework and some flavor is the struggle between complexity and simplicity. Most nonprofits I know, 
the way they provide services and the nuance they have and the subtlety of what they do and the detail with you is, can get overwhelming if you try to explain it. And so if we can develop some simplicity to have a solid framework like we did the rescue people from retreats, we help them rebuild their lives and help them restore themselves to the community. That process, that's a process, but that's overall stages. But you may have four or five programs under each one of those to help people potentially save for their first deposit, their first rent, to learn how to budget. Um, there may be uh, addiction counseling or therapy or health issues or debt issues or court issues they have to deal with. And you may have programs that are e aimed at each of those program, at each of those issues. So that's a lot of information to give to a donor. But if you just continually take that, all of that complex situation is to say that we help people get off the streets find a way to build their lives again and get back into the community where there's stable stability and security and certainty. If you're able to tell people those general themes, then and they ask questions, you can go into the nuance and some of the complexity and you'll find that people are interested in certain parts of that. But you can't start there. You can't overwhelm them with that information because they will, um, at that moment, they'll just be turned off because they will think that they have nothing to offer you, that it's just too overwhelming to think about and they'll just bow out. It's just too hard. It takes too much mental energy for them to figure out. So if you have a framework with some flavor and then a clear call to action, they're going to have a way for to be attracted to you and to uh, have the confidence to then come alongside of you because you give them some easy signposts, that's that framework. You give them some excitement, that's that flavor and some passion or reason the, the why what you're doing and then also you give them a clear call to action so they know the next step. So you want to make sure that you do that as a storyteller. So we want to make sure that we take the complexity and make it as simple as possible. We know you're unique and you have lots of different variations in what you do, but find some simple ways to tell people about the top, you know, 90% of what you do uh, in simple categories. If you can do that, uh, you're going to win the day for sure. Of course, that eighth struggle that people have is pain versus prosperity. What I mean by that is that you do want to share the struggle and the pain of the people that you're trying to serve or the cause that you're trying to do or the fight you're trying to win. But you also want to give them hope that the world can change, that you have a plan to overcome, to win, to eradicate the pain, to eradicate the violence, to make homelessness rare. Whatever your cause is, you have to tell them the pain of if we don't do anything, this is what's going to happen. But if you can do these one, two or three things, this is how the world can change. And because we change the world, these people will have less pain. They will have more prosperity. They have more opportunity to thrive. And so you want to make sure you have a good balance that. And somebody, I was reading a book by a friend of mine, Steve Thomas and Onicity out of Seattle. And he said it this way is that we need to salt our stories with pain and then give that hope and that, and that encouragement and that uh, inspiration should be that 80 and 90%. And so 10% salt, and that's that pain. Uh, so people know that there's something going on there that if we don't do something, because if we make it too dark, 
then people will not have hope and they won't give. They need to know that their dollars, their time, their investment is going to make a difference. And so we got to make sure that we balance pain versus prosperity. Now your story is unique. I know that because I've worked with so many different nonprofits, whether it's a homeless shelter versus a different homeless shelter, uh, whether it's an animal shelter versus a different animal shelter or somebody that's working domestic violence or whatever your particular nonprofit is, I know that no one nonprofit is exactly the same as any other. However, you want to make sure that your story that you're telling doesn't get confusing because you're trying to tell all the complexity or it's boring because you're trying to be precise and to make sure that everything that you say is exactly right, exactly true, that you're never gonna get caught. But instead, you wanna tell stories that are passionate, truthful, and transparent. You wanna have that framework, that flavor, and that clear call to action. And you don't want to go back into the habit of doing grant speak or legal speak. There's a time and place for that kind of audience and have that kind of language if you're reporting out to your board of directors or to having to do a final report on a grant. But to reach people, you wanna use that with emotion, that flavor. And you wanna give them an easy way to understand the, the pain of what people are going through and the way that they can, or the prosperity, the way that, the hope that they can overcome this or the plan. And so we wanna make sure that we give them a framework that we give them some flavor and a clear call to action. If we can do that, your storytelling is going to win. So when I was that young nonprofit leader, I made the mistake of trying to tell everything about our organization and to do it all at once. And I didn't leave anybody any room to ask any questions for anybody to be curious about what we were doing. And curiosity, that mystery is the beginning of every story. People are curious about a story and they want to see how it ends. But if we give the ending first and we give everything all at once, there's no story at all. Actually, it's just a really quick lecture and it's just facts and it's not a framework, it's not flavor and there's no call to action because you've told them everything they need to know and there's nothing else they need to know so you don't really need to do anything. And I didn't realize that when I was answering every question that I thought they ever would have about our organization, I was actually losing. And when I left my notes that day, and forgot them and had to do it off the cuff. I didn't realize how much I relied on the notes to tell our story and how much when I talked about passion and why I did it, that it really was making a big difference. And I remember that first time I did it, two or three people right afterwards starting asking questions. We had a dialogue and soon I started getting board members, volunteers, people to donate because we were having a conversation about a problem and pain and I'd given them a plan to fix it and given hope that it was possible and they soon started to join me in the fight that I was having against homelessness. You can do the same thing but you have to work through these struggles and they work these struggles whether it's pain uh, whether it's pain or prosperity or simplicity complexity it takes hard work it does I understand that but it is possible to tell your story in a way that people want to know more they want to get in the fight and they want to help uh, you win the day and change the world. So how you choose to tell your, your story is going to be influenced by these struggles. It's going to be whether in your writing style, the stories you pick, the language you use. And today we've looked at eight struggles of storytelling. And we're hopefully encouraging, to, encouraging you through your storytelling to pound your fist and make a difference in the world. And 
make sure that you do passion first, precision later. Thanks for hanging out with us today to discuss these eight struggles of storytelling. I could talk more about this and I love this subject and I'd love to talk to you with it about, with you more too. This is Dave Center from Bold Leading. This is your Bold Leading podcast. We know life for nonprofits can sometimes get complicated and confusing. When you need a trusted friend to help you fundraise or tell your story with without fear or panic, Bold Leading is here for you. Visit us at boldleading.com today and sign up for our no shame strategy call let us help you with your storytelling we're here to help you connect with donors and grow your nonprofit.